Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. But first, let's take a glance of Asia Pacific markets, which are trading higher this morning. Seoul and Sydney both up about half a percent. Markets in Japan and mainland China are closed this morning for holidays. Investors are assessing the latest corporate news and looking to the U.S. Federal Reserve for guidance on its next interest rate moves due out tonight. Joining me now, fresh off a four-day weekend and looking all the better for it. How are you doing, Ryan Wong? Doing pretty good after a long weekend. How about you, Michelle? Oh my gosh, what fun it was. If only we had a four-day weekend every other week. <laughs> well, we have another long weekend coming up when we have Vsak Day. So something to look forward to. Oh, the bearer of good news, as always. All right, Ryan, let's come back to work today in the midst of corporate earnings season. The latest results highlight and reinforce, really, several interesting trends that have been shaping this year's stock market narrative. Namely, companies whose business involves consumers going out, they're doing well. Despite rising labor costs, energy companies profiting from rising oil prices and semiconductors are good business. Let's take each of these in turn and start with a classic reopening stock. Can you smell the coffee? I am talking about Starbucks, the coffee giant reporting record sales in the second quarter of the year. It grossed more than 7.6 billion US dollars. And yet the Seattle-based company is also facing headwinds in the form of rising labor costs and lockdowns in China. So let's start with those record sales rise. And what's powering Starbucks business? Yeah, quite familiar challenges that Starbucks is facing. So it has managed to ride out the quarter with a rather solid showing. And look at the earnings per share. It came in 59 cents, just meeting expectations. And revenue, higher than expected. 7.64 billion versus 7.6 billion, according to the consensus forecast. So a couple of things driving the picture here for Starbucks. You have in the US primarily a rather strong business happening here or happening there. That is with same store sales rising as well as people per transaction spending more. So that is driving pretty much the picture for Starbucks in its latest quarter, offsetting the declines it's seeing internationally, especially from China. The story is much different for Starbucks in China, as you mentioned, where same-store sales sank 23% last quarter. Nearly three-quarters of the city's where Starbucks operates in China experience Omicron outbreaks, and that led to store closes. What is the impact that this could have on Starbucks' overall business, Ryan? Yeah, this could be something that could worry investors in Starbucks. So if you look at the numbers, uh, international sales were down 8% and dragged big time by China, which was down 23%. And we are seeing headlines from China coming out around how we had the Shanghai lockdown in the past month or so. And then now you're Beijing in focus. That could just be a worse picture or worsening in the coming days as we see restrictions tighten there. So something that could be a drag on the international sales picture for Starbucks. Um, so something that could really derail the trajectory for Starbucks. And it has uh, even suspended its outlook for this year because of all these moving parts around the COVID-19 lockdowns on China. If we return to the U.S. for a moment, Starbucks founder and recently returned CEO Howard Schultz is working to head off a drive by Starbucks employees to unionize. He's also facing a tight labor market. There are a record number of job openings in the U.S., 11.5 million, according to the latest U.S. government stats released overnight. Ryan, what exactly is Schultz's strategy? How is he going to keep working? 
workers from quitting while also heading off their attempts to form unions. Yeah, it really comes back to taking care of your workers. And here he's trying to hike wages and double training for workers. And this is worth noting is against the backdrop of how a lot of these cafes, baristas have been trying to unionize. And when that happens, they typically bargain or try to ask for more pay, better working conditions. And in this way, CEO Howard Schultz is trying to nip the problem in the bud by addressing all these problems first, training them better, giving them what they want before they form a union, which can be a headache for business owners uh, because it can lead to potentially strikes or just uh, actions by staff that may cause friction or just operations to see a lot of um, speed bumps. So something that he is hopefully able to just help Starbucks ride out the storm. Of course, he has just come back to Starbucks Mm. for a third time to try to ride the ship again. We turn next to the market for semiconductors. Now, for months, we've been talking about the shortage of these crucial components, which are used in the production of pretty much everything, computers, cars, phones, electronics, even powered turbines. Now, one of the biggest players in this space is AMD, Advanced Micro Devices. It focuses on chips for PCs and servers. Ryan, how is AMD's business faring? Yeah, people were waiting to see how AMD would be doing because... After two years or so of COVID-19, people working from home, having to do remote stuff, it really helped see a boom in PC sales. Of course, that helped to lift chip demand and prices. And people are wondering, now that restrictions are eased somewhat, will we see that continue? And for AMD, it does not seem to stop. It is seeing sales jump 71%, shaking off those concerns that we are seeing a PC slowdown affecting AMD. Uh, For AMD, it has managed to find a niche, at least in the um, data center space, the more lucrative side of business. So that is something that is helping to see its earnings per share come in at $1.13, above the forecast $0.91. So that's up almost 120% year on year. Revenue was up 71% to $5.89 billion. So data center processors are driving AMD's fortunes. AMD is reporting more than 5 billion US dollars in quarterly revenue. That is its best quarter ever. They're also predicting a 6 billion US dollar quarter is going to follow quickly now that AMD has acquired another company in the space called C-Links. AMD shares up nearly 7% in after hours trade. So what do you make of AMD's prospects moving forward, Ryan? Yeah, so AMD has been making very steady gains on Intel, which it's trying to get more slice of the pie uh, in the data center space and the high-end server chip business. And with Zillings, it has been getting quite a boost. Uh, we talked about that 71% jump in revenue. Without the Zillings business, it will have only increased by 55%. So it has already shown some signs of it adding to AMD's fortunes. And this is only just including six weeks of revenue from the Zillings deal. So if you try to extrapolate that into the coming quarters, AMD is sitting quite pretty. From semiconductors, let's turn to energy. BP is reporting bumper first quarter profits thanks to rising oil prices, but it is also taking a massive hit from its exit from Russia. Fill us in, what exactly is happening here? Okay, so a bit of good news and bad news, but it looks like more good news coming through from the numbers from BP. So rising oil prices, helping it to see its 
highest net profits in nearly a decade. So coming in at $6.2 billion. And this is based on the underlying replacement cost profit, which is used as a proxy for net profit. So above the previous quarter, which was at $4.1 billion. And if you look at the year-on-year numbers, it was at $2.6 billion. So you are looking at a rather strong performance based on the underlying business. But we do have that loss you alluded to, which is the headline number loss around its sales or sale of its business in Russia. And that constitutes around $20.4 billion. And this is its exit of its Rosneft stake in response to the Ukraine war. We'll have more corporate results in a moment, but first I want to turn to two unusual trading events that happened while we were on holiday. Now, first of all, there was a flash crash in Europe on Monday. The OMX 30 index in Sweden fell as much as 8% at one point before it bounced back. So what caused this, Ryan? Yeah, you would think with all these high-tech systems in place, human error would not be a problem anymore, but it is the case. So a case of fat finger. (laughs) from Citibank or Citigroup. So it has raised its hand to say it was behind the trading error for that flash crash we saw earlier this week in European markets. And that is something they said just happened in a few minutes. They managed to rectify it very fast. And this is likely to raise questions again. What needs to be done to avoid such scenarios in future? Because fortunately, this did not cause disruptions or many serious repercussions or more serious repercussions. And Mm -hmm. of course, it is in Europe, not as heavily active in many other parts of the world, like on Wall Street. And also worth noting, it is a bit of a holiday stretch right now. So the liquidity or the volumes not as high. So it was also compounded by those volatility factors as well. So something that will raise questions by um, regulators as well. Closer to home, Alibaba shares took a dive in Hong Kong trade, falling more than 9%. However, like the OMX 30 index in Sweden, they quickly bounced back. It seems the culprit behind the sell-off was a misleading news report about an individual named Ma. So what happened here? Yeah, it's quite interesting how stocks are being driven by headlines these days. So Mm -hmm. based on a rumour, a news report apparently earlier pointed to how there would be a probe into someone called Ma. And of course, everyone would first think of Jack Ma, the guy behind Alibaba. And that saw Alibaba's shares under pressure. So it plunged as much as 9.4% in Hong Kong trading, erasing $26 billion worth of market value. And then later on, we had more reports coming through that this was not actually Ma. Based on more details um, that came through, because of the number of characters of the person's last name. So something that seemed to erase the losses to some extent. So it was still down by over 1%, but... It really just goes to show how headline-driven retail investors are around Chinese stocks. Wild swings, wild swings. And just for future reference, Jack Ma's Chinese name is spelled with two characters. A statement from the Hangzhou police showed the accused person's name, Ma, spelled with three Chinese characters. And so that clued people into the fact that this was a different Ma being talked about. All right, time for more corporate news. And for this, let's turn to our game of Up or Down. It's been four days, Ryan. A bit rusty. Are you ready? <laughs> let's go. All right, let's start with Pfizer. All right, Pfizer is going to be an up for me. So it's seeing high demand for its COVID-19 pill and its latest earnings really shining. 
Indeed. This one is mixed. So Pfizer had, did have a strong first quarter, beating analysts' expectations on both the top and bottom lines thanks to that COVID-19 vaccine and antiviral sales. But Pfizer is also cutting its outlook for the year. So since markets are forward-looking, I'm going to mark this one as a down. Let's look at Airbnb. I'm going with up for Airbnb. So everyone's trying to travel these days. Mm. Look at Instagram in the past few days. Everyone's somewhere overseas. And Airbnb is part of the equation. And it's betting on pent-up demand to drive a strong quarter and quarters to come. Up but still in the red. Airbnb reporting a 19 million US dollar loss in the first quarter. Its bookings are up 70% though from a year ago. Pilot salaries in Singapore. Mm, I'll go up and Mm -hmm. this is around headlines. The SIA is gradually restoring pilots' basic salaries to pre-pandemic levels by January. So good news for those flying for SIA. Indeed. EV prices here in Singapore. Okay, I am going with um, up for me because it will be possibly cheaper for people to buy EVs in Singapore because of a change in the COE system. Uh, Typically, previously, um, they will be in Cat B, but then with the latest move or change, they'll be moved to Cat A, for the larger engine cars where COEs are typically um, cheaper. So that could be a boost for the overall price tag for EVs. Let's check in on markets and good news for car buyers as well, right? Singapore reclassifying COEs for electric cars, which will bring their prices down. Let's check in on markets now. Investors' focus this evening is going to be on the U.S. Federal Reserve, which is set to raise interest rates again. Most analysts are expecting a 50 basis point increase, although there is some talk that the Fed could go even further. What are you going to be looking for as investors analyze the Fed's moves, Ryan? Yeah, lots of um, numbers and words to try to pass. And the big number, of course, is 50. Will it hike by 50? That seems to be widely the consensus forecast. But there could be some who are betting on the odds of 75. So maybe more aggressive than what people are watching out for. And we could be in for that because yesterday we saw the RBA in Australia surprising investors with a more aggressive hike because of all the inflationary pressures. So that's not out of the table or out of the equation. So something to look out for, and not just in this meeting, the signals for the next meetings. So far, based on the Fed Fund futures, Mm -hmm. the options or whether the odds are for three back-to-back 50 basis point hikes till July. So that is really showing how the Fed might be front-loading all these hikes because of all the inflationary data is insane to try to catch up and stay ahead of the curve. So that's one. And the other one is not just how fast it will hike, but how fast it will reduce its balance sheet when it comes to the number of bonds or the amount of bonds it's holding. So those are the two things we'll be watching out for. And of course, everything else from the press conference around its outlook for the US economy. Here at home, we are 19 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index lost ground in April, falling 1.8% to 33.56. So how's the SDI starting off this new month? Are we on a positive note or in the red? Mm, It's pretty flat right now. It's just slightly underwater by 0.05% at 3,355. And pretty split across the 30 constituents. Right at the bottom, you've got 
CityDev down more than 5% at $8.08. And this is uh, worth noting, CDL trading today, ex-dividend as well as ex-entitlement, followed by Capitaland Investment and Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust and UOL. Okay, at the bottom or at the top of the table, you have Venture Corp up 4.6% at $17.94 and followed by Comfort Delgro, UOB, DBS and Semcorp Industries. Thanks very much. Still to come, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission says it is investigating DD Global's chaotic debut in New York, where it raised 4.4 billion days before revelations of a probe into data security tanked the stock. Remember that. And no signboard terminates share transfer deals with QNM CEO. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcast. Podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.